beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hey everybody, welcome to Smut Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Chelsea. Welcome here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> I know. How's your day going? <laughs> what? Okay. I don't, you know, I thought I'd, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I thought I'd try something. As the words came out of my mouth, I realized I didn't know what I was trying. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, so oh. You, you didn't know what shot you were taking. I did not. I, it was a blindfolded shot. Sure. Um, mm. Did I miss? Who can say? <laughs> you know, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone and I'm going to let you have it. Because um, I fully expect to be mocked relentlessly for the review I have for you guys today. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave some of my. You're not. You're not going to talk mad shit coming out the gate because. <laughs> I'm not. Because I'm you're not. like, I will get that returned to me. Okay, Hannah. Yep. yep what yep, are yep. What are we reviewing today? We are reviewing Bride of Shadows by Ray Watson. Not bread of shadows, <laughs> not as my husband thought you were saying. That's, bride, bride. That's a bakery reverse harem. <laughs> that's some kind of like she's a baker and she accidentally summons a demon <laughs> while she's making bread. The oven is a portal to the hell mouth. <laughs> yes. Are we writing a book right now? We are writing I, a book I right hate now. it, but I've also read things that are worse than what we're pitching. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about this one, actually, is that I did like it. Um, it was different. I feel like a lot of times the storylines of the books we review are very similar. It's like, girl feels sort of pudgy and generally down on herself. Hasn't had a great love life. Girl that girl who's done on herself for being pudgy that everyone else thinks is smoking hot and that her curves are to die for and luscious. Yes. Luscious yeah. is the word. And then uh, super alpha male shows up and is like, I'm into you, baby. And she's like, big yikes. And he just keeps going for it until eventually they get together. Like that's the storyline of the majority of the books. Um, and this one is not like that. It's different. And so that made it intriguing to me. This is a Go reverse on. harem. Okay. And it is paranormal. So we open with Is that Celine. is that your favorite type? Um, paranormal reverse harem? You know, I think I go through phases. Mm, that's, you know, that's a very fair assessment cuz I'll say there are times when I like will like bulk download books. And I, like, look and I'm like, did I just download five Mafia reverse harem books? <laughs> and then, like, the next time yep. I'm like, these are all fluffy, warm bowls of nothing. And then, like, yes. the next time I'm like, yes. these are all paranormal. So I feel you on the phases. Yeah, yeah. Lately I have not been on a reverse harem or paranormal kick. It's been, like, a crime, fluffy thing. Mm. You know, 
You know, the ones that are like in the middle of the yeah, crime and the fluff. The fluffy crime things. The fluffy crime. <laughs> yeah, fluffy crime. Crime committed against Muppets. The fluffy crime. <laughs> what was that Melissa McCarthy, M- Melissa McCarthy Muppet movie? Oh. It was, uh, it was not good. I didn't watch it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you didn't miss out on literally anything. Noted. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Bride of Shadows, Reverse Harem, Paranormal. Um, we open with Celine. So Celine is our main chickie. She works for a place called Cronus, which is a very super secret government agency. We and love a good secret agency. We do. We love secrecy. Um, she um, is an basically like an intake coordinator for supernatural creatures. So these creatures are either captured or volunteer for like experimentation and study, hmm. research and stuff, or they are captured and brought in for research and she does intakes on them. So in this universe, in this world, is this like are all paranormal creatures captured or is this like a world where like paranormal creatures coexist with humans? So the humans are not aware of the paranormal creatures. Okay. Which is part of why the government agency is so super secret because they're trying to hide the existence of these creatures from the general public. Mm. Um, and so her dad is the head honcho of the lab where she works. So, um, she also, so she's like getting ready for her day. She's apparently like best friends with the ravens who live in the tree outside her window. So she like gives them something shiny and is like doing her thing. It's sort of like, um, Snow White or Cinderella. Like she's friends with the woodland creatures. Um, but like the darker, like if Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Wrote Cinderella. Exactly. Um, And she also starts talking about how she has this autoimmune disease um, that is unknown. Nobody really understands what it is, but she is extremely highly medicated um, to manage this disease. Um, And so her mother um, died from the same disease and her dad is generally very withdrawn. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not very warm and cuddly towards her. Um, generally pretty cold. So she gets to work. She's assigned to sublevel Z, which she's never been assigned to before, which is where they put like the ultra baddest of the bad creatures. Mm. And so um, she goes down to do this intake. Normally she has some information. She has their name. She has their like type of creature. She has a little bit of information about them. But she goes down to do this intake on these three shades. And that's all the information she has. They are shades, which are a kind of demon. That's it. Thank you for the clarification. I was like, shades, like 50 shades. (laughs) Um, There are only three. Yeah. In this paranormal universe, there's only three shades of gray. (laughs) Okay. So So, shades are types of demons. Yes. Got it. Um, So she has no other information about them, which is highly unusual. She also finds out that four other intake people have gone down to do their intakes and have been severely attacked and unable to complete the intakes. Ooh, that's so not good. So she's like, 
So she gets down down there and she sees these three glass cubes in this giant room that are just filled with swirling darkness. Shades of gray. Exactly. Okay. Um, And then slowly the darkness kind of comes together and forms three men um, who are all super hot. Um, Of course they are. So literally my notes say, um, forms into men who are gorgeous obs. (laughs) I mean, would there be a book if they were uggos? Probably not. I mean, I would read it because I would want to know how do we get there? but probably not. Um, so she goes into the first, he says his name is Aaron. I don't know. Can, can you spell that? Because the way you said it just sounded like you said Aaron pretty slow. (laughs) (laughs) A-R-A-W-N. Aaron. A-R-A-W-N. So in the book, it actually says it's like Aaron, only longer. <laughs> Stop. I it does <laughs> not say that. <laughs> That's not an exact quote, but she does say that. Aaron. Aaron. We're just going to go with Aaron. So um, she goes to him first. He tells her his name and says, uh, so she has to collect blood, hair, nail scrapings, and a bunch of other stuff bunch of other measurements and whatnot. And for some reason, uh, I have a quote here that says, her womanhood pulses with interest. Stop. (laughs) It's like Janice Dickinson's autobiography when she kept talking about her flower Flower tingling. tingling. Like, I just, I also like that uh, we've (laughs) talked about that before. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know what Janice Dickinson's Vag was doing. <laughs> oh no. Um, pulsating? Stop. Um, I, so, for some reason, <laughs> yeah. her womanhood pulses with interest. Um, and he makes really weird comments about how um, she looks just like her mother. She has her mother's eyes. She's like, the fuck are you talking about? Because mm. she's never met her mother. Her mom died when she was an infant. So mm. she's like, who even the fuck are you? Um, so, uh, he tells her that they are not shades and they are as old as time. And she's like, okay, well, if you're not shades, the fuck are you? What are you? Tale as old as time. I know. I almost did that. I almost did that. But he does tell her they are as old as time. And um, so all of a sudden, she starts to get super emotional. Like, she's just overwhelmed. Um, And he grabs for her. And the security guy comes in and, like, hauls her out. And she just, like, falls onto the ground, sobbing and coughing up blood. And... Yes. Um, Celine starts alluding to this darkness within her that she's been keeping repressed for her whole life. Um, that she feels like it's literally clawing her insides to get out and it hurts a lot. And that's why she's like coughing up this blood. So. This is intriguing. Right? Yeah. So after three days at home and two days of desk duty, 
Um, because she regularly has to take time off because of this autoimmune disease. They're constantly adjusting her medications and she's just like, she's never hungry. Her dad makes her drink these weird smoothie things. She's just like generally miserable with this like chronic illness. Um, so three days at home, two days of desk duty. She decides that she's going to go back to sub level Z alone. Um, so she goes into the room and then she's like, um, this was a mistake. Like she sees the darkness swirling and like starting to form into men. And she's like, um, I take it back. I should go. I should go. I should go. I should go. But then Iran says to the other two, enough. And they both say enough and then just bust out of their cells. Um, like nothing. Like nothing. They form back into smoke, go you mean, through the vent shafts. You mean out of their prison cells? Yes. I was thinking like <laughs> out of their I was like, you're like, they bust out of their cells. I was like, and they turn back into smoke. I'm very Okay. I see. I see where I zigged, where I should have zagged. <laughs> um so nothing is actually holding them. They are all there. No. Yeah. Got it. They allow themselves to be captured and held, essentially. So um, they chase her down um, and bust out of the room. She's trying to get to the elevator. um, But they grab her, and then all of a sudden, a system-wide alarm goes off um, for the entire building. I'm also like, baby girl, if their cells did not hold them, the elevator probably won't make a difference. She's really trying, though. (laughs) So... um, she hits a button in the elevator. She tries to get out because um, they, like, make it to the elevator with her. So, they're all on mm-hmm. the elevator. So, she hits a random floor to just get out. Um, but when the doors open, it's a straight-up war zone on the floor because apparently our lovely friends uh, unlocked every door. <gasps> they got into the system when they busted out of their cells and opened every door. So all the creatures are out, even the ones who were there voluntarily. Um, so um, there are creatures everywhere. She starts trying to run, um, and a guard shows up, and she's like, finally, I'm going to be safe. Awesome. But he's just, like, mowing people down. Like, it doesn't matter if they're creatures or if they're employees. Everybody getting shot. So, Oh, no. Um, Balor, who's another one of our shadows, um, goes absolutely ballistic and kills all of the guards. Like he, he disintegrates into shadow and then they're just like body parts flying out of the darkness. Like he's just like taking people down. Um, so then, um, he says to Celine, wild things don't belong in cages and that includes you. Ooh. So, which was a fun line. So then um, Aran picks her up, throws her over his shoulder, um, and he's, like, weirdly caressing her leg while they're, like, running through this war zone, and she's into it, but she's like, I'm not into it. I can't be into it. This is not good. None of this is good. She's, like, stopping into this, Celine. Stopping into this. Exactly. She's <laughs> like, cross your legs. God damn. <laughs> There's, like, blood and bodies everywhere. We can't be doing this right now. Um, 
So uh, some more creatures start to follow her. Um, and she starts to freak out because they are really, really bad. But the third shadow, Draco. Um, Malfoy. Yes. Um, he just, like, fucking rips one of them in half with his bare hands. He's the most unassuming one. He's, like, the thinnest and, like, the, like he looks the most kind of. You mean, like, when we reviewed Ruthless Creatures and we were saying, like, the quiet ones. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Got it. So he rips one in half, and the other one is like, oh, fuck, and runs away. Um, I mean, I would run too. Yes. Yeah. Um, So they keep moving um, towards the stairs. The elevator is dead. They make it out to the courtyard, and she sees her dad through the window, and she starts screaming for her dad. Um, And that's it. Like he sees her, his eyes get wide and he yells something she can't hear. And then the guys all, she calls it going dark. So they all turn into darkness again and then just like whisk her away. Um, and so she, do they, do they also turn her into darkness or she's just like, so she's like floating in it. Okay. Floating in darkness and just like can't see. Yes. But she describes like a feeling of comfort. Like she's freaked out, but she's also like comfortable as they're moving her. Um, so, um, she is somewhere in the woods and she knows that she's really far away from her home. Um, so she tries to run. She screams for help. Um, Balor turns into a Clydesdale. Why wouldn't he? I don't know. Um, have you ever seen a Clydesdale in person? Negative Ghost Rider. They're huge. (laughs) Like, mm. like truly. So, um, Bush Gardens, oh. Bush, like being like Amherst. Yes. Um, I don't know why it was related, but they had Clydesdales. <laughs> <laughs> they had tons of Clydesdales at Bush Gardens, um, and you could like walk through, and they are, they're they are massive. I don't like that. I mean, they're just like they're horses. I actually have a fear of horses. They scare the what? shit out of me. They scare what? me so bad. I, I never knew you had a fear of horses. I They really, really scare me. When I was like 11 or 12, I went on this horseback riding thing. And for some reason, I, old, I chose like the oldest, most ornery horse. I don't know why. But he saw the barn. Like he had already been problematic through the whole ride but he saw the barn when we were almost back and took off at a gallop through the trees and I got like cut up like cut up all over and I'm just screaming my head off so ever since then I've been like hard pass on the horses so the idea of a giant horse is not something that I would be into Okay, that's a valid, you had a traumatic experience. Um, I would recommend just some, like, light exposure therapy. Well, I have done that because I've taken patients for equine therapy yeah. before. Um, so I can be, the first time I did it, it was as a staff outing thing for work um, with an equine therapist. And I just cried in the corner. Like I just stood in the corner of the barn and sobbed. And the lady was so nice. And she's like, it's okay. And like, are you ready to get a little closer? And I was like, no. And she's like, 
that's okay. You let me know when you're ready. And eventually I did touch the horse. Okay. And I cried a lot. <laughs> I was so freaked out. Um, but since then, I mean, I can be near a horse. I would prefer not to be, uh, but I can be near a horse without crying or hyperventilating. So I love horses. I once was oversold the desperation of a rehabilitation facility needing a equine therapist. And I was told if you are into horses, that would be enough. Um, and I had a friend who worked there and I had a job interview and it was not enough. That was not a great interview because <laughs> they said, do you ride English or Western? And I just went, I really like horses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, so recently, um, my like extended family, my sister and brother-in-law, we were all up at my parents' house and I was talking to my uncle about an aunt who was not on the trip, but I was like, yeah, do you remember when her horse got horse napped? And you told me about that. Well, okay, but I have an update on it because what? He goes, No, I don't remember that at all. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, I don't remember that happening. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I like open, he and I are like sitting on like the, the deck having this conversation. So I open the door inside the house and my mom and aunt are sitting there. I'm like, do y'all remember when that horse got horse napped? And they're like, no. Chelsea. We, we don't remember this. Like, are you sure that happened? She sold the horse at one point. And I was like, maybe I like really made up this whole thing. And my <laughs> uncle was like, I mean, it's a, it's a great story. <laughs> but then. Even if it's all lies. Truly. It's a great story. So then the next day, I'm like where the, it comes back up. And I say, I'm like, yeah, I mean, apparently I'm, I just like created the story. And I'm the only one that remembered the horse getting horse napped. And my sister was like, no, you're not. That happened. That's 100% true. And I was, but my sister and I are apparently the only two that have any recollection of this horse getting horse napped. What? It's like, honestly, it's still kind of messing with me. Because like <laughs> all of the adults were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. My sister's like, yeah, that is absolutely true. I 100% remember that story. What? Okay. So he turns into a Clydesdale. I'm he sorry. He turns into a Clydesdale. No, it's fine. My, my aunt's horse may or may not have been horse napped. <laughs> he turns into a Clydesdale. He turns into a Clydesdale. And he chases her down. She begs them not to hurt her, um, and they are super confused. She's like, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Just take me home. And they're like, uh, Why would we hurt you? Exactly. Like, mm. what even are you saying to us? Um, so she tells them she really needs to go home because she needs her medication because she's sick. So she has this autoimmune disorder. She takes all these pills every day. She can't just not take them. She needs to go home. And they start laughing. They're, they think she's joking about being sick. And she gets really mad. She's like, this is not a fucking joke. This is my life. I need my medication. Like, this is not fucking funny. Yeah, she's like, chronic illness isn't a joke. Exactly. But then Iran tells her that she can't get sick because she's a daughter of the night. Are, are they their sons of the night? They're, they're fathers. They're daddies. <laughs> they're, are, they're night daddies. Are they daddies of the night? <laughs> Woo. 
<laughs> night daddies. Hell yeah. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, she's a daughter of the night. Okay. I'm trying to connect the dots here. Well, I'm going to connect them for you right now. If they don't connect to Night Daddy, I don't want them. <laughs> well, they do connect to Night Daddy, but that's not the name he uses, okay? Because the name is good. No. So- <laughs> like, damn it, Night Daddy, Ray Watson, you missed an opportunity. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. So, Iran explains that she is a, a daughter of Nyx, who is the primordial goddess of the night. Yes. the Greek goddess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, the three men, are all pieces of Erebus's cloak. So Erebus um, is Nyx's counterpart. He's the god of the night, right? The primordial god. So he, that's like the the Greek myth is that night happens when Erebus like moves over the, mm-hmm. the sky mm-hmm. and his cloak is the night. So they are pieces of his cloak that over time like fell off and became sentient. So they are pieces of a cloak. What a missed opportunity <laughs> for night daddies. <laughs> right. Well, technically Erebus is the night daddy. Um, so they tell her that she is the daughter of Nyx cloak daddies (laughs) cloak daddies that's like a leather kink feels like (laughs) um which might be appropriate later but okay um, color me intrigued (laughs) so they're like listen you are a daughter of the goddess of night we are technically sort of sons of erebus like our love is foretold like we are destined yes um And they explain that Erebus and Nyx have this, like, epic love. And so they are fated to be together. They've been looking for her. They love her already. Um, And then they they drop the little tidbit that they need her to make baby shadows. So they cannot make any babies unless Mm. they have her. They cannot become... The cloak daddies. <laughs> right. They can't be true night daddies <laughs> without her. Um, so do they Do they really love her or is she a means to an end so they can have little shadow babies? Exactly. Okay. So um, she doesn't believe any of this. She's like, this is the most preposterous bullshit I've ever heard in my fucking life. Can you please just take me home so I can take my meds and go to bed because this day is stupid. She's like, <laughs> I hate everything about it. Um. So, Iran keeps trying to talk to her. Wait, what's, what do you always, what did you always used to say when we were together? Everything is stupid and I hate it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's her describing this day. Exactly. She's like, I am not into any of it. Um, So, Iran keeps trying to talk to her and touch her. And she keeps like flinching away. She's like, don't fucking touch me. (laughs) She's like, please stop. Um. And then uh, Baylor strips for some reason. Is he um, no longer a Clydesdale? No, he's back into a human. Um, and I don't remember when that happened. But he gets naked. My my notes literally say Baylor strips for some reason and starts to lose his shit. So they 
they realize she's like, so could any shadows have come for me? Mm. And Baylor like loses it. He's like, nope, nope, not any shadows. Thank you for asking. Absolutely the fuck not. Is that like actually true? No other shadows, or is that just no, him? It could one hundred percent be any shadow. Yeah, Got he's it. already super possessive. Um, so he starts flipping out at the idea that other shadows could have gotten to her first. Um, and she's like, "I need a moment. Thank you for real." So she goes and sits alone, and Draco comes over and explains that they are different kinds of darkness. So they are brothers not really brothers. They're pieces of a cloak and they They want to be Eskimo brothers. They do want to be Eskimo brothers. They want to be Eskimo daddies. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right. I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. So um, he explains that Baylor is the scary kind of darkness where you're in a haunted house or an old creepy abandoned building and you're like, ooh, I shouldn't be here. Yikes. Mm. He's that kind of darkness. Um, Iran is the comforting kind of darkness that you get before sleep um, or like very early in the morning when you wake up before the sun. He's that kind of darkness. Um, and Draco is the hollow kind of darkness, just like the nothing kind. Um, so she cries and she tells him that um, she really wants to to feel um, and to understand, but her head is just full of static and she just can't process any of this. Um, and so he holds, holds her hand and she just becomes overwhelmed with grief. Um, she's just processing the trauma of having this chronic illness, processing the trauma of not having a mom, processing all of this stuff. And so she just starts fucking screaming bloody murder, like just starts losing her shit. And then Iran comes up and like touches her head and basically like puts her to sleep with his nice comforting darkness. And so she like passes out. So was it Draco, not Malfoy. <laughs> so I was like, was it Malfoy's dark? Was Malfoy's darkness causing the freak out? It does. It like that is implied. Okay. Um, but not explicitly stated. Um, so then, daddy, you gotta let go. Well, he was helping her process because she'd been holding on to all of it, and so she said mm. she wanted to feel it. He's like, all right, and like facilitates that process for her. You said so. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, boo. Well, um, I mean, it kind of feels like when people come into therapy and they're like, right? I'm ready to work on this shit. And you get like one session in and you're like, are you? I don't, I don't think you're ready to work on this. I don't think we're there. Yeah. Which is also okay. You don't need to be there. Exactly. Sometimes people will come in and start talking about stuff and I'm like, sweetheart, you're not hurting anybody. 
and everything is fine, this is okay. Like, you're allowed right. to have this issue for a minute. How else are you going to be funny? Like, we don't need to fix all of it. <laughs> you got to leave a little trauma there for the humor. Exactly. I saw a tweet about that a really long time ago. I can't remember. That was like the hardest part about having kids is figuring out um, how to keep them safe while also giving them just enough trauma to be funny. <laughs> I was like, that's good. And accurate. <laughs> like, it's not it's not wrong. And there we are. Okay, so... So... A.A. Ron... Out. Yes. Puts, puts her, her to sleep. sleep. And then she wakes up with him watching her. Um, and she is in a lot of pain. By this point, she has missed several doses of her medication. Mm. Um, and she is really, really hurting. So... Um, she goes off to pee, and two ravens are watching her. And she has started to put together some of these guys, like, their powers. And she realizes that, obviously, they can shapeshift. If Baylor can turn into a Clydesdale, they can shapeshift. So she's like, are they watching me pee right now? Because I am not into that. Like, the fuck? Um, so she goes back by the fire all three are there. So she's like, maybe they weren't watching me. I don't know. Creepy. So something else is watching her pee. Creepy. Yeah. So she goes back. They built her a fire. Um, but she's very, very nauseous. Um, and they start basically taking care of her. They're picking stuff out of her hair. They hunted some rabbits for her. They're like doing all this stuff to try to keep her well. Um, and Baylor is absolutely oblivious to how sick she is and is, like, skinning these rabbits in front of her. And she's like, I will vomit on you. Like, you have got to stop. Um, and then she does. She throws up everywhere. Um, so the guys take her to some unknown city where they get a hotel for her to rest in. Um, they realize that they tried to care for her in the woods and, like, give her food and keep her warm and everything. But... Um, she just feels really, really terrible because yeah. she's been without her meds for so long. So um, some guys come into the parking garage. So they, like, leave her in the parking garage with Baylor. And then the other two go in to, like, get them a room or whatever. Mm -hmm. And these guys come by the parking garage where um, Baylor is with Celine. And um, one asks if Celine is okay because she's clearly not feeling well. Um, and Baylor does not appreciate it and he just goes like full darkness and scares the absolute living shit out of this poor little hipster boy who just wanted to ask if she was okay because she's a girl in a parking garage alone with a massive dude i'm not loving his energy no i'm also not she is also not she gets very angry she's like that was completely unfucking necessary what yeah. is wrong with you so um he's like uh nobody should be talking to you but me and my brothers. So sorry, not sorry. Um, and she's like, that's unnecessary. And he's like, I'm doubling down. Yeah. He's cool. like, I don't feel bad. Um, uh, so then she's in the hotel bath and Iran shows up and he's like, don't be scared of us. Like you don't need to be scared of us. And he keeps talking and talking and talking about how epic their love is and how epic, you know, their whole story is going to be. 
Draco shows up with rose petals and they light candles for her and they do all this romantic shit. Um, Aron kisses her and it's a lot. It's very overwhelming for her. Um, and he starts caressing her, which is fine. Um, my notes say, till he gets to the money bits and she panics. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're they're coming on very strong because it's one of those they where are. they're like, well, our love is predestined and we've known about you forever. And she's like, I've known about this for 24 hours. I don't really know if it's true. And I feel like a human dumpster fire or rather a paranormal dumpster fire. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she's human. She's human. Um, But she's not fully human. She So technically she is as far as she knows. As far as she knows. Yeah. So they keep telling her she's a daughter of night, but she's like, the fuck does that even mean? Like, I know my dad. I'm not. Yeah. My mom is dead. Y'all are fucking crazy. Um, so she is like, please don't touch me. Did you take me just to like breed me, basically? Is that what's happening here? And Draco's like, yup. <laughs> That man does not pull any punches. He is not smooth. Um, so Iran explains that they want her to be free because she was, she doesn't know it, but she was also in captivity with Cronus. And so, mm. yes, they also want to make babies because they love her. But ultimately, they want her to be free. So a week later, Celine has detoxed from all this shit that she was on. And she wakes up starving. So it's been a week of them, like, trying to force feed her and, like, taking care of her. She feels like trash. She wakes up. She is so hungry. Um, Food has never been appealing before now. It's always made her feel sick. But now she is, like, will eat anything. She is so hungry. So she goes to eat. She's moaning like mad. Ron orders one of everything on the menu from room service. Um, All three stuff. Three guys start to get handsy. Um, And um, so she starts responding to each. um, And they, this is a quote, they surrender to her. So I guess they're like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't, I was going to guess, but I don't actually know what that means. I don't know. Were there context clues? Do I want the context clues? So I think it was basically like they were holding back from her because she was so sick. They were just trying to take care of her. Mm. And then it was like she like bit one and like grabbed another and was basically like asserting herself, I guess, in the situation. And they're like, all right, we're glad you feel better. They're like, I guess it's time to make shadow babies. Yes. And just when they are about to, uh, room service shows up. Um, and she eats a lot. So then um, Iran takes her shopping because she has no clothes. Um, and they don't pay for anything. So because he is so comforting, he's just like, thanks, guys. And they leave. <laughs> um. At first, she's like, we can't just, like, steal this stuff. And he's like, please don't worry about it. Like, we're not stealing from mom and pop shops here. Like, they're fine. We're stealing from Target. They can afford the loss. This is, like, a boutique situation. They're fine. So, um, 
And then they go to a park where Draco is having a very weird interaction with a kid. And I don't know why this stood out to me so much because it means nothing in the context of the story. But he's like standing there and this little kid is like staring at him and eating chips. And Draco is like just looking back at him and the kid just like offers him some chips and Draco like takes one and just keeps staring at this kid. And then ultimately the kid is like, like shrugs and runs away. And Draco's like, uh. Can I have more chips? So yeah, it turns out that people generally don't notice him. You know, Mm -hmm. his darkness is the nothing darkness. Yeah. So this kid just locked onto him for some reason and had that interaction with him, which I thought was really funny. Um, so, uh, Iran goes off somewhere and leaves Selene with Draco. He protects her. Like, some dogs kind of get rowdy and he, like, gets all weird and alpha about it. Um, but he's very, very sweet in an awkward, weird way. So, Iran shows back up with some hot dogs. She is fucking starving. Like, she cannot stop eating at this point. Um... And then she said she feels like they're buttering her up for something. And Iran tells her to think of it as flirting. Um, And she's like, I don't get it. You guys just literally, like, want me to make babies for you. Like, this is not, yeah, this is not hot. Um, So Draco asks um, if they should just chain her to a bed. Because obviously she's into it. So he's like, should we just get down to it. And Iran explains that they could have forced her, technically. Like, they're stronger than her. How generous of them to to wait for consent. Right? This is not points in your column, jackass. So... We could have forced ourselves upon you, and we didn't. Do we not get credit for that? Exactly. That's the energy. Um, Um, Real fast. When I used to work crisis... A mom was like, hey, my like her 10-year-old needed a crisis assessment. And she was like, I found out when his little sister has been crying, he has been like putting a pillow over her face. Yeah, real not good situation. And she was like, he's really charming and he's really manipulative and he will try and talk his way out of this. Also worth noting that like, they lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and it was, like, mom and boyfriend in one room, and, like, 10-year-old brother and two-year-old sister were sharing a room, which I'm, like, developmentally mm-hmm. is yeah. not a good idea. Um, but they had limited space, trying not to be judgmental. So I, like, go into this assessment, and, like, he was an attractive 10-year-old. Like, he's one of those 10-year-olds that I was, like, you when you are going to be a very attractive man when you grow up right. in a way that like, like he was pretty and yeah yes and I'm like if you keep on this trail you will be murdering girls in college bars kind of energy oh but like <clears throat> you will be very unassuming and they will go with you willingly was kind of the, so what it made me think of was that during this this assessment and I don't remember the specific number of days um, but I'm sitting there talking to this kid and he's like I didn't know I was hurting her I just like. When she was crying, I just, like, put my hand over her mouth and pressed down a little bit um, because I, like, wanted her to stop crying. I didn't know she couldn't breathe. Okay. And, and then he, like, keeps going, and he's like, and I haven't done it that often. I've only done it, like, 20 times in, the, in like, oh, like in a year, and it's been two years, so, like, 40 times. So, like, what's 365 plus 365? 
And he's like doing this math. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't get credit for all of the days <laughs> you, you didn't, didn't do, do this. <laughs> That's not. But like, that was literally the logic this kid was trying to come at me with. And I'm like, no, no that's not how this works. But yeah, when it's like, do we not get credit for the fact that we didn't tie you up on a bed and make you have our little shadow babies? That's what it made me think of. That is that is the energy. Yeah. Um, and, um, but Iran is like, listen, we care about you a lot. That's what we're trying to tell you. We love you. Offspring are, offspring are a bonus. Like, we'd be into that, but that's not the primary objective. So, um, Baylor has been in a haunted house, just scaring the shit out of people. (laughs) So it turns out that he basically consumes people's terror. Like that's how he feeds. So he's just scaring the pants off folks in a, in a haunted house. Cause apparently it's October. You know, we all have our thing. (coughs) So, um, so then they decide to go to a club cause she's never really been to a nightclub um, and she's never been drunk before because she's been out with coworkers to drink, but she's never been able to get drunk. So she's like, let's do it up. Like, let's go drinking. Let's, let's go see dancing. if now that I'm hungry, I can also get drunk. Yes. Okay. So she really can't. She drinks so much. She does get a little bit tipsy, um, decides to dance. Um, Draco is absolutely miserable. He is not into any of this. Iran is not into it either, but Baylor is like, let's dance, babe. Let's do this shit. Um, so they dance. They have a great time. Um, they kiss, but then she panics and remembers him saying that um, she is a womb to be filled. And so she slaps him off of her. He storms after her. That's kind of some mixed messages. And if anyone just heard that little rumbling in the background, that is my pug snoring at our feet. He doesn't like to sit very far away. Are you not Are you not entertained, Brandon? Do you not find us funny? <laughs> Do you I'm not find the shadow darkness funny? Apparently not. Okay. Um so, so she's into it and then she's like, "I remember that he said this." That's kind of mixed messages. I feel like they are mixed messages this all, is all around. It's all kind of chaotic. Yes. Nobody's like in the right here. Nobody's doing a great job communicating. So she's like, you know, her hormones are into it. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. He just literally wants to get me pregnant and whatever. So um, my notes say he gets big mad and tells her to say it. Tell him that he's using her. He says that over and over. Tell me that I'm using you. Tell me that I'm using you. Um. And she doesn't say anything. So he gets her out. Yes. So what? he makes like a little shadow room. So she has run away from him. She is under the stairs in the club. So he like puts up shadows. Hannah, I'm going to pause you. Okay. Details don't make it better. <laughs> like, I tried though. Like I was like, will context help? And then you started giving context. I was like, it will not. But at least it's not in the middle of the dance floor. That makes it better. It'd almost be better if it was in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I feel appropriately chastised. <laughs> what? You feel chastised? Let's process no. that. 
<laughs> no, I was trying to think of the word. But like, no, you're right. It doesn't get better. Like, no, 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 Chelsea. He made a shroud of darkness around her before. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Go it's on. not better. It's not better. So um, she has a super intense orgasm. And he says, again, tell me that I'm using you. Like, tell me now. Mm-hmm. And um, she pushes past him and she sees Iran um, and Draco kind of like watching. And she runs past them and goes into the bathroom. This so This is messy. It's so messy. And it only gets messier because then she's in the bathroom and she sees this girl. Um, and... You know that we love supportive women in a bathroom at the bar. Like, that's where magic happens. Yes. You will get such a pep talk from a stranger. Oh, my God. And the best lipstick and just, like, the most love. (laughs) I've I've never shared lipstick with a stranger. Mm, That's probably wise. (laughs) In fairness. But I do feel like there's always some girl crying. 100%. Who's just getting a great pep talk. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a girl in the bathroom. Yes. um, This is not one of those times. So there's a girl in the bathroom, and she says that she is from Cronus, and she is there to rescue her. She's like, we've been tracking you. We're here for you. Let's go. So um, Celine doesn't really want to go. Because she just had a great orgasm. She did. And she's feeling physically way better now that she's not on all those drugs. And she's like, that don't make no sense. They told me I would die. (laughs) But I feel better. But instead, I ate a cheeseburger. Exactly. Yeah. Weird. Had a cheeseburger. Had a great orgasm. That's not what they told me. Do I really want to go back there? Exactly. Fair. Um, But the chick drags her out. And the guys obviously know what's going on. And they show up. um, And she is... So I, it's very unclear how all of this happens. It's very unclear. But somehow she is being hauled through a Cronus facility. The guys know what's going on. So they show up. Um, and when the chick realizes that this isn't going to go well, um, she turns her gun on Celine um, to try to get away. She's like, um, I'm not here to die for this bitch. So I'm just going to pull my gun, um, which doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. Um, and Celine gets pissed and she goes to like grab the girl and breaks her wrist. And she's like, the fuck, how did I do that? Oops. Mm. Um, and so then she realizes that everything the guy said were was true. Everything about her, she's always been a Cronus prisoner. That was not her dad. She's always just been an experiment. They were drugging her. It's terrible. It wasn't her dad? She, well, that's what they told her. And she's like, well, maybe that's true. Like, maybe he wasn't really my dad. Maybe he was just some researcher. Um, so, uh, then the guys kill this chick, um, after she tries to shoot Celine and they, whisk her up and take her away. So they wind up on a beach and Celine has a full rage breakdown about what a lie her life was before. Because she's been told she has this chronic illness. She's been told that she's weak. She's been told that this is her dad. She's been told she can't leave the base because it's not safe because she's so sick. 
and all of this stuff. And none of that is true. Um, so then she starts making out with Draco and he's like, what is happening right now? Um, and Baylor comes up and eats her out again while Iran comes up behind her and starts taking her dress off. So they're just on a beach somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, she comes again and then, uh, Iran starts making moves and she's like leaning forward on Baylor. Iran is still behind her. Um, she is like, P.S. I'm a virgin. Like, I've been terribly sick my entire life. So never really got the chance for this. Um, I mean, and so can smoke penetrate you? Apparently, because Iran says that he will stop anytime she wants. All she has to do is speak up. And my notes say he fucks her very gently from behind while she's still leaning on Baylor, who's playing with her clit and giving her a lot of, like, verbal praise. Um, she 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 has sex with them. I feel like this is... <laughs> too much detail. It gets weirder, which is why I said something about it. It doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter. Um, so highlights, Hannah highlights. So then the storm starts, which is why I was getting into all the details. So all the storm (laughs) starts and, um, it keeps getting worse. Like as the sex is getting more and more intense. Um, and Draco's like, she's like, are you doing that? And Draco's like, no, honey, you're doing that. And she's like, um, what? Mm. Okay. Um, so then that they finish and then (laughs) There we go. Everybody finishes. Everybody gets an orgasm. (laughs) Everybody. Well, no. Draco doesn't. Draco doesn't and Baylor doesn't. But Iran and Celine all get orgasms. So then. Both get orgasms? Yes, sure. I'm sure the other two enjoyed it. But there's no indication if they came or not because they didn't technically do a whole lot with her. So then they all go into this dilapidated lighthouse thing to rest. She wakes up. She's surrounded by all of these men. She decides she's going to go outside to pee and take a walk on the beach. When and you say surrounded by all these men, we just mean the three, we just right? Mean the three. We don't mean, like, the ravens. <laughs> I don't I don't mean any strangers, yeah. Um, so then um, two demons show up while she's going for a walk on the beach. Um, and one looks at her eyes and said that she's more of a whore than her dad said that she was. Um, and Iran shows up to the rescue. Tough Baylor, crowd after you lost your virginity. Right. Um, Baylor and Draco show up and kill the demons. They're like weird shape shifty things like hellhounds or something. Um, and then she is like, um, can somebody tell me what the fuck is wrong with my eyes? That these demons looked at them and said that I was a whore. Wow, you're a whore. (laughs) Right? She's like, can somebody explain this shit to me real quick, please? Thank you. And so, um, he tells her that they are fully black today. They were previously blue. They're fully black today um, because their darkness is in her. And she's like, what? And he's like, you prego. Stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Yeah. They boned once. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, her eyes are a different color, so she's pregnant. And she is fucking livid. She is livid like you would not believe. I mean, I get it. 
And, right? So then she starts demanding answers from the guys who have none. She's like, okay, so how long am I going to be pregnant? What am I even giving birth to? What's the birthing process like? Somebody explain this shit to me. And they're like, um. They're like, these are great questions. They're like, single shoulder shrug. We don't know. (laughs) So sorry. Um, They're like, it varies among the daughters of Nick's. We really don't know. Um, But it shouldn't last longer than a day. She's like, the fuck? The pregnancy only lasts one day? Yep. Um, So she is just super emotional and exhausted. She's like, why did you even pick me? Like, why would you pick me? But just because I was available? Like, this is fucking stupid. Um, And they shower her with all these compliments. And then Draco's like, but why did you pick us? And... She starts to answer, and then all of a sudden, she goes into major amounts of pain. And it's apparently her labor <laughs> 24 hours later. It's, I, is, 24 feels like a stretch. Doesn't it? They slept. They woke up. She got into a fight with some demons on the beach. Yep. And then she's in labor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, like, maybe 12 hours, depending on how much sleep they got. You're tracking. So she runs out. She's screaming like mad. Um, and then a shadow comes pouring out of her mouth and, like, races over the sea. And that's it, apparently. That's what my notes say. And that's it, apparently. <laughs> that's her giving birth. Will they ever know their shadow babies? Not really. Um, which is very emotional for her. So she asks if that's what's going to happen every time they have sex. And Ron is like, there's a lot more to pleasure than penetrative sex. So. So, yes. So, I said that's a weird thing to say. (laughs) That's what's in my notes. (laughs) Is this going to happen every time we have sex? There's other things we can do. And you're like, so, yes, every time we have sex, that will happen. So, we have to get creative with other options? Yes. Got it. Yeah. So then um, she starts getting ragey about not knowing how to do anything. Um, She can't do anything for herself because her dad has been keeping her so sheltered for so long. Um, And Baylor says that, um, and she definitely doesn't know how to do anything sexual. And Baylor is like, learning with us will be fun. Wink, wink. Um, So then he, uh, there's more sex with Draco. I'm not going to go into it. That <laughs> have a lot of specific notes we don't need to know about. Um, but I will say there is some slurp in the gherkin and then some other stuff, but it's like a threesome situation. Um, there's blowjobs, there's threesomes. Yeah. And yeah. Draco is usually very dominant, but he is, Baylor explains to her, he's giving her the gift of submission. Um, because uh, like, she doesn't know anything. Yes. Um, so he's giving the gift of submission. She's giving the gift of her mouth. There's a heavy focus on her autonomy and consent, which is nice. Um, so then they you go. You said autonomy. I heard anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. Yeah. That's, that's um, also fair. But her I, autonomy, her anatomy. I skimmed And bit. consent. <laughs> you, her bits. <laughs> you skimmed the, her bits. The money bits. <laughs> they skimmed her bits too. <laughs> no. Okay. So, um, 
Celine wants to learn more about her origins and she wants to know why her mom never came for her. Like, why didn't my mom ever come find me? She just left me there. And Draco is like, do you know where your offspring is right now? And she's like, uh, low fucking blow, dude. No, I don't know where my offspring okay, is. Okay, but also a valid question when and, she's feeling salty. Right. He's like, gods do shit different, babe. This is just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, and so, um, she gets followed by another demon. So she's like, I need a minute. I'm gonna go get some coffee. She's followed by another demon. Um, she lures him outside. He gets taken out. And Celine is like, how the fuck do they keep finding me? This is fucking ridiculous. I don't understand. And the guys are like, ooh, we might know. And we're really sorry. So there's a tracking brand, like, in her skin, on her scalp. There are, like, these runes and stuff on her skull. So they need to be removed. That's how they're being tracked. Um, Mm. And so... um. She refuses to be sedated at all, and the guys are not pleased. They're like, please let us put you out. This is going to suck so fucking bad. And she's like, nope. So um, I'm not rooting for anyone in this. Like, not especially. She's kind of annoying and whiny. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they're like, let us help you. And she's like, no. But I have a feeling then it's going to hurt her, and she's going to complain. Well, so actually what happens is Draco winds up cutting them out. And because she didn't use any sedation, she has this like major power shift. Ravens all start flocking to her. um, And she apparently awakens her powers through this experience. I mean, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, So they've been globetrotting for a month. We're, We're skipping ahead. They've been globetrotting for a month. They see things. They experience things. They have a great time. Um, She's getting better at controlling her shadows. Um, She can make clothes out of her shadows, and she can do other stuff. Um, Ravens still follow her everywhere. Um, Sometimes they spend time all together, but she also likes to take them on, like, individual dates. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So they have solo time together. So... um, she is in a redwood forest with Baylor. Apparently, there's a primal king situation. They like to chase each other around and fuck in the forest, which is fine. Like, you can be into that. I'm not into that because I like to be indoors. <laughs> I'm, not, like, I'm not an out-of-doors person. <laughs> you're like, because this one time when I was young, I went on a horseback ride. <laughs> and yeah. we went through the forest when he saw the barn, and I got cut up. And I'm also just painfully pale. And bugs like me a lot. Like, I went to the beach last weekend, and I am covered in bites. Like, I'm covered in bites. I don't understand. It's very frustrating for me. I don't like to be outside. No, I mean, I get it. I wear normally, like, a long-sleeve rash guard swim top because of yep. how pale I am. 100%. Yeah. 100%. One, 100%. Um, I also feel like if you're going to fuck on the forest floor— there's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of twigs. There's a lot of saying. small woodland creatures. That's what I'm saying. I don't want any part of that, personally. Well, Hannah, the you, that's not what you were saying. The reason you gave is that you're pale. And, and I don't bug like bugs. Bites. Well, that's, that's creatures. I don't want to be bitten. 
And it's dirty. I was more thinking of like squirrels watching. (laughs) (laughs) I I was thinking less of bug bites. (laughs) So you're concerned about a chipmunk rubbing one out? Oh, wow. Um, I don't think I was, I wasn't thinking of a chipmunk masturbating. Why are they watching you? Because they, they, they don't see it very often. Oh, my God. They have some questions. So it's the novelty of it. Yes, it is the novelty of watching the sexual experience. Um, Yeah, it was less about the bugs. But I do, you know, I concede your point where you're like, (laughs) no, Chelsea, I'm covered in bug bites. And that was from the beach. That wasn't even from the fucking forest floor. Exactly. Um, That's the same reason I don't want to bang on the beach. There's sand everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay, actual question, though. Okay. Either or. Like, would you, if you had to choose one, would you choose forest floor or beach? Forest floor? Yeah. I think, I think forest floor. The sand, man. <laughs> not like, not <laughs> fucking the sand, man. <laughs> like, it's like the sand. I mean. I swear, like, you go to the beach for one day and, like, you will have sand in your car for months, even when exactly. you clean very thoroughly. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want sand other places. No. It is abrasive. <laughs> that is the word, No Chelsea. one needs the extra friction. Well, no. And we don't need that kind of exfoliation. We don't. Exfoliate. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what are you trying to exfoliate? Because that— I don't want that. Not Yeah, not— Like, that was like the colloquial you. <laughs> I know you're not trying to exfoliate your coochie. <laughs> Thanks for that, um, buddy. Yeah. No, I would also say forest floor and give the chipmunks a show. Mm. Yep. <laughs> we'll put on a show for Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> oh, Alvin. Um, so anyway, um, so she is thinking about they're in the forest. They're they're doing this primal kink chase thing. Um, so they realize that they cannot just continue to just have vaginal sex because they will drown the world in shadows. That's a direct quote. So um, they have showed her um, all different ways to experience pleasure. She's into it. Um, But she has had uh, three more shadow babies in this month that they've been traveling. Lord. Um, So then she's on a date um, with Draco watching the Northern Lights. Um. He tells her that love is like the abyss, and she gives it meaning. It's a very romantic little moment between them um, because he's the darkness of nothing. He's like, love is like nothing. <laughs> you give it meaning. Like, oh, I guess. You know, um, <laughs> I guess it's all about perspective because to him. Exactly. That does matter. To me, I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Like if my husband said that, it wouldn't it wouldn't hit the same no, way. No, no. Yeah. It does hit for Celine. Um, so they start making out. Um, she's hoping it'll escalate a little bit. Um, but she's prego again and goes into labor while he they're on this date. Um, she holds her, she gives birth. She really is super bummed that the shadows just like go away. Like they just disappear. Um, and she's like, I wish they would hang out for a little while. <laughs> like, I wish I could know my children. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so she's a little sad. Draco sits with her and holds her hand. 
And then the guy, the guy surprised her to by taking her to an old altar to Nyx. Um, this like ancient altar. She starts to get super emotional and without really thinking about it, she forms a black wedding dress um, and makes like all of these black butterflies like everywhere. Um, so she declares her love for them. Um, they start making out. Um, they have, well, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of detail that I don't need to give you. Um, but yeah, she bangs all three at once, basically. And, um, blah, blah, blah. I, I hope the wedding dress she made was not constrictive. Apparently not. Um. Had strategically placed holes. Uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> Okay, um, so then they all fall asleep. So they have this epic bang session on the altar to her mother. And then they all fall asleep. What a way to honor your mother's memory. Uh, I guess. Um, so then Celine wakes up to this female voice calling out to her from the woods. And I'm like, baby girl, no. Have we learned nothing about anything? We don't follow voices into the woods. But she follows Celine, the voice. do not follow your Caucasian curiosity. <laughs> Right. Into the woods. The caucasity. Don't do it. It's true. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, but she follows and she finds Nyx, who looks um, identical to her. Like, they are fucking identical. Mm. Um, only Nyx is a giant. But then she, like, shrinks down into human size. Um, Nyx, Nyx explains that Celine is actually one of her feathers. So she has wings. And... So Cronus set up that altar. So it's a fake altar. They set it up to try to capture her. And um, when they made the attempt, they got some of her feathers. And so Celine um, is a, is one of those feathers. And so Celine is like, why didn't you come for me? I needed you. And she's like, nah. You didn't need me. Look at you. You're fine. Um, and then she gives her the title of goddess of ravens, bats, and black cats. <laughs> Is that going on your business card? <laughs> if I could get away with it, I would. It's your new email signature. <laughs> goddess of ravens, bats, and black cats. Um, and then Nyx disappears. And the guys show up. They go back to the altar. Um, Celine has birthed some more darkness because there was a bitch in three-way apparently. And so, or four-way or whatever the fuck. So, <laughs> so she's prego again. So she gives birth. She decides she wants to do it alone. Um, and so she spends some time with the darkness. Like it's a shadow. She plays with it in the forest and then it runs away. Um, Baylor went to the village to terrorize some, some villagers. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, Iran went to put together like a celebration for her new title. So she's hanging out in the forest. Um, Draco's been waiting for her and she hears this horrible scream by the altar. And so um, it turns out that another tatter piece of Erebus's cloak um, is there trying to kill Draco. So he is attacking him. He says his name is Adam. And he's come to take her home. Um, it turns out there was a, a Cronus camera there the whole time. 
So got the whole bang fest that happened on the ultra. Well, I mean, I was wondering when we found out, like, it had been a Cronus site to yeah. capture Nyx. Yeah, yeah. So they knew they were there the whole time. So um, she pretends to surrender to save Draco. Um, so she makes Adam think that she is bored with her three men. And Draco begs her to run. Um, but she agrees to go with Adam and says it's time to put an end to this. So she goes... They land in um, the Cronus courtyard. Um, there's security everywhere. Adam keeps trying to touch her, and she keeps telling him to, like, back the fuck up. Like, don't fucking touch me. And he's like, oh, but baby, like, we're meant to be. We have an epic love. And she's like, we do not. Don't fucking touch me. <laughs> I already um, have an epic love with someone else who told me I had an epic love with them. three other someones. So um, her dad comes out and Adam tells her to go to him um, and then then they can have their alone time. So she turns around and fucking disintegrates him. She gets so angry. She loses her shit. Wait, she disintegrates Adam or her dad? Adam. Apparently she's a lot more powerful than she realized and she disintegrates him. Um, And then she inhales his essence, which is dark and weird. But that's what happens. Um, so then her dad is like, just come back inside. Like, we have a lot to talk about. I'm so sorry. Like, just come on. And, um, as her dad is essentially distracting her, somebody tries to tranquilize her and she like Mm. pulls out the trank and is like, that is a super cute attempt, but you probably should have worked on your formula a little more because I feel nothing and like throws the trank back at them. And then the shadows show up. Her dad continues to try to berate her, tell her that um, she is nothing, that she is basically a piece of trash and just an experiment that he's ashamed of. Um, But she shows her power. So she, like, lets all this darkness, like, leak from her and, like, go in between the legs of all these security guys. And they're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, oh, no. So she, like, just covers everything in darkness. And um, she uh, basically is like, if you come after me again, I will destroy all of you. But we're going to go now. So this is your last chance. So she turns to leave, but her dad pulls a gun on her. And so she sends the darkness, like, into his mouth and makes him explode. So that happens. And then she tells all the other Cronus people um, to leave them alone or they can suffer the same. For the record, y'all, I'm just like blinking at Hannah. I'm just like watching her like. I'm sorry. I told you it was different. It was fun. But anyway, so now we're at the epilogue, babe. We're almost there. I'm still just blinking at Hannah at this point. (laughs) This is the whole book. So Celine has been, um, they've been traveling. She's been learning. They're having fun. They have settled in Tuscany um, and they just collect black cats that have been kind of discarded on the streets. She collects them. They've built little houses for wayward bats when they're in their travels. And they have ravens that live in their olive trees. Everyone is very happy and super chill. And that's it. 
the end. Hmm. <laughs> it was a fun read. I liked it. Um. Okay, so let's summarize. No, because if you summarize it, I won't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I already know I won't like it anymore. What? What do you mean you won't like it if I summarize it? You literally just said that you liked it and it was fun. And I'm like, let me summarize it. And you're like, that will ruin everything. <laughs> it will, because if I hear it all condensed at one time, I'm going to realize how terrible it is. Yeah, so she works for a secret lab. Yep. Um. <laughs> the darkness were they there to get her because nothing yeah okay so the darkness shows up to get her they get her she has all of their little darkness babies she kills the dude who captured like who like raised her in captivity mm-hmm. and then she moves to Tuscany yep that's it you nailed it Yeah, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to let you just be the keeper of that book. (laughs) Um, I, listen. But I also feel like there's a lot of books that, like, when we review them and, like, say shit out loud, the other person's just like, what the fuck did you even read? But then you're like, but damn it, actually reading it, it wasn't a, like, it was an enjoyable experience. It was, yeah, yeah. Um. And I'm, I'm, I want that for you, Hannah. <laughs> and I'm glad you had that with Thank this you. book. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. Are we, are we doing bats? Are we doing ravens? I was just thinking, I don't know what kind of scale. I think probably ravens. Are we doing demon darkness babies? Well, let's do ravens. For those who don't know, I actually have a raven tattoo. I like ravens. Yeah, ravens are dope. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. The, the way you said it was like, a, like you had this look on your face like, I don't even know. How, you're like, oh, I, but I, I like ravens. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to not like ravens. <laughs> well, this book was weird. But like I said, it was different. It was not like anything else I had read before, which is part of why I appreciated it. So, I'm going to go with, hmm, I don't know, maybe like four out of seven ravens. I'm I'm probably going to go fewer ravens <laughs> than that. That's totally fair. That's um, totally fair. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, like maybe, maybe three out of, out of more than seven. Um, (laughs) Like you go four out of seven, I go three out of eight. Are they really that far off from each other? Does it matter? Does any of this matter? No. No, it doesn't. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Wow, we're getting into some deep (laughs) philosophical shit about what we do with our life and our time. Um, I'm having fun, so that's all that matters, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's it, guys. That, I've stumped Chelsea. With did this, this? Did this book break me? 
Chelsea appears broken. I just <laughs> she's continuing to just blink at me. I don't I don't think this was the book for me. And that's it's totally okay. Fair. It is okay. Yeah. It is okay. It's it's cool to like other things. Like it's cool to have difference of opinions and to like things that like not everyone has to like all of the same things. Yes. And that's cool that there's so many options that like everyone can find something that's enjoyable for them. Even if other people don't find that that thing as enjoyable for them. Um, <laughs> Thank you for validating differences in taste. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Okay. Three out of eight, four out of seven. You tell us what your thoughts are, smut puppies. We really appreciate you, smut sluts. Hopefully, you weren't just sitting and blinking at me the way Chelsea was. <laughs> And you know what? If you were, that's okay. We'll get you next time. But regardless, stay safe out there and uh, keep reading smut, I guess. Keep reading smut. We'll see you soon. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's Smut Sluts. We hope it was good for you because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.